What's up, Whisper Nation, and welcome in to Championship Week and the Matchup Preview Show, as always. Right here. You're with the Fantasy Whispers, and I am Big Travi with the Fantasy Whispers. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW, and I am joined by one of my awesome co-hosts, Austin Sear, ARC, who you can find on Twitter at Austin underscore R underscore Sear. Championship Week, Austin, I believe you are playing for our Dynasty Whisperers Championship. Again, back-to-back years, year two of our Dynasty uh, League, and you're playing for that championship. Thank you for the recognition, Travis, and thank you for all the insights along the season to help me get to this spot. I'm at some late-round ads, even in a Dynasty format, which everybody should keep going. You never know when there's someone available that could help win it all week 14, 15, or this championship week for you. So stay tuned. And on the other mic, we've got Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time, who is also playing for a championship, our Toltum League of Record Championship. He is going to do his best to keep it within the Fantasy Whispers family because I will no longer, I'm no longer eligible to win this championship. So now Johnny takes on the opportunity to win it this week. Johnny, how are you doing? Dude, uh, nervous, uh, excited, uh, elated. Um... All of the above. I I am I cannot wait for the games this weekend because, um, as you said, this will be my first opportunity to get a crack at that beautiful, beautiful belt behind you. Uh, I am beyond excited. Travis, I freaking love how you qualified that. I am no longer eligible for the championship. Like, there was yeah. some technicality that got in the way yeah, of your no, eligibility. Yeah, yeah, well, there was. Uh, the technicality is I lost. Score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> less the points. technicality was the points. <laughs> that I was unable to score uh, to get it. But I'm excited to see Johnny try and bring it home and keep it in the family. That would be amazing here. Uh, so I'm rooting for both of you gentlemen in our championships, uh, respectively, that we discussed. Your boy Big Travi is playing in X, uh, you know, zero championships this year. So, uh, But that's okay. I'm actually feeling a, a little bit uh, lighter, a little bit uh, less stressed this year. So we'll take that for what it's worth. But... Whisper Nation, if you're listening now, you're probably in your championship or you're fighting for some sort of consolation bracket or you just love fantasy football so much you're still listening in. And we appreciate you. We appreciate you all along the way. And we're here to do what we always do each and every week, and that is to give you the insight for each fantasy football-relevant storyline in the week. Today we're going to go over a few games uh, on the slate, and we're going to start with that Christmas Day showdown between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. New Orleans hosting the Minnesota Vikings in a 51.5 over-under. This is a uh, New Orleans favored by seven at home on Christmas Day here. Before we jump into this, if you're new to our YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and comment below any questions you have for the Week 16 or beyond slate uh, for fantasy football questions. Let us know. Yeah, like I said, New Orleans favored in this one, but we'll start with the Minnesota side of the ball. Austin, I want to know what you're feeling like with Kirk Cousins. He had a pretty are – you, are you trusting him this week? Because he's had a great year. Um, or I shouldn't say a great year, but he's had some really nice moments for you. Um, and this one's a tough matchup, though. He is, and it is, and he has. Since week 10, Kirk Cousins has accumulated the number three most amount of passing yards and has the second most amount of touchdowns over that same stretch. It's averaging 285 yards and two-plus touchdowns since Week 10. But the problem, Travis, as you alluded to, is that difficult matchup against the Saints, who give up the sixth-fewest points to the quarterbacking position. Now, there isn't a huge supply of evidence to suggest that Kirk Cousins is going to smash back down to earth this week 
other than that, it's the most difficult matchup from a fantasy perspective he's faced since week two against Indianapolis, where he had negative points on the season. So he's been on a trend. He's been rolling. It's been very nice for those who have started Kirk Cousins. I think you still roll him into the fire week 16, unless you obviously have a better option available, but it's probably unlikely that you do. You're going to have to probably bite the bullet, start him in this matchup, um, temper expectations because of that tough Saints defense. But we have seen the Saints in the last couple of weeks let up more points than they did earlier in the season, Travis. So I'd feel all right with it, but you do need to temper expectations. This is not a blow-up matchup for you. Johnny, Kirk Cousins has had the plethora of weapons, and, and two of those big names have been Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson this year. Uh, what a joy it's been for him, I'm sure, to throw it to those guys, and what a joy it's been for fantasy GMs to have those guys on their roster. How do you feel about this particular matchup for both wide receivers up against that Saints secondary? Saints secondary giving up the 11th most touchdown receptions to the wide receiver position this year. They're only allowing 159 receiving yards per game to opposing wide receivers uh, as well. So there's not a, you know, they're they're pretty stingent, right? Um, now, I want to, you know, kind of funny and kind of interesting game notes here, right? As I break down Justin Jefferson versus Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was the higher wide receiver that we selected uh, in drafts. And this is, you know, over the last few weeks, he's been pretty solid for you. But if you look at the stats, it's a little interesting what you find. He's only had over 45 receiving yards twice in the last seven games. He has recorded six touchdowns in the last five games, which has inflated his numbers significantly. Uh, and But during the span of those seven games, he has seen seven or fewer targets in five of seven games. Now you look at Justin Jefferson because you're like, hey, they're still putting up points. Uh, I see Kirk Cousins throwing tutties all the time and, and throw, massing a lot of yards. Well, it all goes to Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson on the other side of Adam Thielen He's only had over six. He's only had less than sixty-four receiving yards in all, uh, in all but one game in the last seven games. So six out of seven games, he's had sixty-four or more receiving yards. He's had four touchdowns in that same five-game span as Adam Thielen, and during that same span, he's seen eight or more targets in five of seven games. So. To me, Justin Jefferson is more like the number one option here, and and the safer he has a safer floor. Whereas Adam Thielen seems to be a little bit more touchdown dependent and touchdown reliant. I am starting both of them in this matchup uh, because it's a decent matchup, and they'll need to shoot. It'll be a shootout in my well, I expect it to be a shootout. Um, so I would start Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Just realize though, Adam Thielen is a little bit more touchdown prone uh, than than you think. Irv Smith was set up last week, Austin, to do some damage with Kyle Rudolph out of the lineup. He failed to do so, playing his highest snap percentage of the year. Uh, but how do you feel about Irv Smith this week? Should Rudolph miss again? New Orleans, one of the better matchups against tight ends. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about it, Travis. I love Irv Smith's trajectory moving forward. Player profiler comp is to Eric Ebron, who was a top of the full draft pick. Um, and has looked really good this year moving forward. But just this week, man, four targets each of the last two weeks, as you said, an 82% snap percentage, but just hasn't done anything with it yet. We've said tight, touchdown-dependent, streamable tight ends a lot this season. He's another one in that book. Obviously, if Kyle Rudolph is held out again with that foot injury that we're monitoring, you like his chances a little bit more. 
it really come down to a either or. Is it Irv Smith Jr. or Jordan Reed? I'd take Irv Smith Jr. over Jordan Reed, but I wouldn't recommend either one of those options this week, Travis. Like the comp there, give some people a frame of reference for guys they might be streaming this week. <clears throat> one guy you're not streaming because you drafted, and if you drafted him, you're probably got him you know, at least deep in the playoffs for the championship is Dalvin Cook, who's been the RB1 in standard, RB2 in PPR. His lowest output, guys, this season in PPR formats is 14 fantasy points. Three straight games of 100 yards or more rushing. Look, I understand on paper New Orleans is one of, if not the toughest matchup. No team lets up fewer points uh, to running backs, 13.7. But Cook just had two bad matchups on paper against Tampa Bay, who was a top-five matchup, Chicago top 10. This is the stat line from the last two weeks. 55 touches, 269 total yards, two touchdowns, and 45 fantasy points in PPR over the last two weeks. Dalvin Cook is a elite option, just completely immune to any bad matchup. So fire up with confidence there. Sure. I wanted to ask where our confidence is at. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to I, um, I ask where our confidence is at, Johnny, on Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees now back in the lineup. We were worried about the production through the passing game with Kamara with Taysom Hill in the lineup, but Brees is back now. How do, how do you feel about Kamara now? Back-to-back games with 70% snap share, so you really like that. And he's seen his usage dialed up a bit over the last three weeks. 18 touches, 21 touches, and 17 touches. Uh, He's only failed to not score a touchdown in just three games this season. Uh, And then you look at what Minnesota is doing. They're giving up, on average, 136 total scrimmage yards to opposing running backs, and they've given up 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. I expect Alvin Kamara to get in the end zone once again, and you're continuing to start him. You're super excited about Drew Brees being back just in time for the playoffs, and uh, he's going to lead you to that championship if you have him. Latavius Murray, on the other hand, listen, I understand that he got into the end zone for you, uh, you know, if you started him last week, I would consider that a little bit of a fluke across the last three games. Murray has just totaled just 18 touches for 53 yards from scrimmage. So he is the more change of pace and he's, uh, seen his snap count diminish over the last three weeks because Alvin's Kamara usage has been going up. So, uh, only start Latavius Murray in, in dire needs. Yeah, so prior to the injury, I mean, you mentioned Drew Brees here being back in the lineup, and prior to his injury, he had 23 or more fantasy points in four straight games, three touchdowns and a pick coming back last week on only 236 yards passing. You look at this matchup, it's the third highest over-under on the docket. Minnesota, though, has really tightened up their defense, right? We remember at the beginning of this year, they were a passing defense you wanted to exploit, you wanted to go after. They are now only allowing the 13th fewest fantasy points to QBs, 17.4. However, the 27 touchdowns that they've surrendered to QBs, that's the fifth most. I actually like Drew Brees in this matchup. I think he can be fired up in championship week. I know that they've tightened up a little bit, and he's not the most you know, dominating passer that he's been before, but I think with the over-under, with the weapons he's got around him, uh, I actually like him this week. But speaking of weapons, Johnny, can you or Austin, are you comfortable starting any wide receiver now that Michael Thomas is out of the lineup for the Saints? Well, the big two you would be considering would be Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith, right? And Traquan Smith is dealing with a bit of an ankle issue, which we need to continue to monitor. The Saints haven't offered much clarity themselves on the severity of this ankle injury that Smith sustained in Sunday's loss to the Chiefs, but he was absent from practice uh, to start off the week. It's not encouraging. Uh, to me, this hints the wideout may be dealing with something a little bit more than a mild injury, so you need to continue monitoring Traquan Smith's status. but. 
in or out, Emmanuel Sanders is the one who deserves more attention and consideration. And I, I do like Emmanuel Sanders this week. Uh, he's had 10 targets over the last two weeks. And in week 15, he went four for five for 76 yards. Uh, he really could be a nice opportunity-based streamer going up against the third easiest wide receiver defense here in Minnesota, Travis. I like that take there, and I, you know, I don't think a lot of people are talking about Emmanuel Sanders, even with Michael Thomas out. And you mentioned the Traquan Smith injury. I want to talk a little bit about Jared Cook because he did revive his his streamability over the last couple weeks, although he fell short last week. Four or more targets in three straight and two touchdowns in his last three, but has not eclipsed three catches or 40 receiving yards. So he sounds like a typical tight end, right? Like he sounds like he's touchdown dependent, as we've mentioned a million times on this show. My problem is Minnesota's middle of the road against tight ends, only giving up 7.3 fantasy points per game to the position. But Austin, you know, you mentioned Traquan Smith being out. I think that might boost Jared Cook's outlook here in this game should Traquan Smith miss. So I actually would be okay streaming Jared Cook here uh, should Traquan Smith miss this game. And as you said, Travis, it's a 51.5 point over under here. Drew Brees is a streamable option this week. The pass has got to go somewhere, right? Emmanuel Sanders is a nice option. As you put it, I think Jared Cook really is too. Yeah, I agree with that one. The best, what, I, what I'm really agreeing with is all these December football games that we're getting, and we're getting extra ones on Saturday, including this batch of three that we're about to talk about. The first one we're going to talk about on the Saturday slate is the Las Vegas Raiders hosting the Miami Dolphins in a 47.5 point over-under. Uh, Miami favored by 3.5 on the road here. This was, you know, a couple weeks ago, this was a showdown between potential playoff teams. Doesn't look like Vegas is going to make that slate, but Miami very much in the running there. Uh, to make the playoffs this year. Before we jump into that, if you're new to the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit subscribe. Click that like button and comment below any fantasy football questions you have for here, uh, for us here at the Fantasy Whispers. But first, we're going to jump into those Miami Dolphins, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we think about these wide receivers, Johnny, up against this, you know, because the Vegas pass defense has just been non-existent. So this should provide some value. Uh, we got excited about Lynn Bowden last week. Obviously, we've got Devontae Parker out. How are you feeling about anybody catching balls from Tua against this Vegas defense? This is this is setting up to be um, a scary situation. And by that, I mean you look at Las Vegas giving up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They have allowed the fourth most fantasy points uh, or fourth most uh uh, touchdowns, excuse me, to opposing wide receivers as well. So you're like, oh my goodness, if I could just get some wide receivers from this game from Miami, and then you look at Devontae Parker, who you would normally feel like this would be a smash spot for him. I love this spot, but he's dealing with a hamstring injury, didn't practice today. You got to continue to monitor this throughout the week, but it's still, it's a hamstring issue. Hamstrings can flare up at any second, so it makes it a difficult decision if you're going into your championship game. Lynn Bowden is is really interesting. He did play in 90% of snaps, and he did see eight total touches um, in this game. If he doesn't, if Par uh, Parker doesn't go, it will be Bowden and Hollins as the two guys. I don't know if I'm fully. I mean, he's a wide receiver three flex play for me, Bowden would be. Um, so that's kind of the range I would be looking as to whether or not I would start him. Mac Hollins, he did play 96% of snaps, but he only saw three targets after seeing nine targets against the Chiefs uh, because of the drastic number of uh, changing in targets. And that one makes me concerned to even play that at all. Um, and so Lynn Bowden would be the only guy that I would be considering, but 
Uh, I'm sure you'd probably have a better option on the waiver like Emmanuel Sanders or something like that to, to play over Lynn Bowden. Austin Salon Ahmed, after three straight misses, had his best game of the 2020 season. And so really we've got to ask, like, is there a cause for concern starting him in week 16 after such a great week 15? It was such a good game, right? 23 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown against the Patriots, Travis. And this week they're going up against the Raiders, who have the third easy or who have given up the third most points to the running back position. The only cause for concern here is the committee and Miles Gaskins, who really could be coming back this week. He was activated off of the COVID list. He was not involved in the game last week. We haven't gotten word yet as of Tuesday, but we expect Gaskins to be back in this game. And we saw three effective runners, well, two effective runners for the Dolphins last week, three total runners there where DeAndre Washington had 12, 13 carries for 35 yards, just 2.7 yards per clip. Matt Breda had his best game of the season, 12 carries for 86 yards. That's a 7.2-yard average. We know he's relegated to the complimentary role, though. And then there's Salvin Ahmed, who we said before, 23 carries, 122 yards. Despite this, Miles Gaskins is their best runner. He's their best runner from a visual standpoint. He's their best runner from a deep metrics elusive perspective as well. And him coming back is going to siphon touchdown touches from someone and probably everybody. So it's a tough one for me, Travis. If Gaskins is down, I love firing up Ahmed in this game. Um, if Gaskins is in, though, it's throw a dart at a dartboard on this one. It's really tough to predict, and it's coming at an inopportune time, week 16. Try to steer. Yeah, and I just don't think Miami cares about who they have to put out there to win. Like they're just trying to get wins right now. So Love are they it as really a Dolphins care fan. about your fantasy football lineup? Probably not. If you're going to start to attack of Aloha this week, uh, because he had a great week last week back and he's had back-to-back -back games with 19 or more fantasy points, three rushing touchdowns over his last two weeks. You look at Las Vegas, this, you know, similar to Johnny's take on the wide receivers. This is a great matchup for enemy quarterbacks. Top 10 matchup. They're allowing 19.8 fantasy points per game. Vegas has also allowed five rushing touchdowns this year. That's the fifth highest mark amongst the NFL defenses. So it's really interesting. I don't know if I have the cojones to roll them out there in a championship lineup, but I'm also not in a championship lineup this week. So maybe I'll defer to you guys. Would you be rolling out Tua as a streamer this week in your championship? Let's say you've been streaming all year. We talked about Kirk Cousins. Would you go Kirk Cousins or Tua here? I think I'd probably go Kirk Cousins still on this one um and it might and this is a bad bit of advice that comes to mind for me but i'm starting to think of narrative on my own storyline if i say it's a coin toss it's who would i rather win with if it's a true true coin toss you know go with the storyline we talk about storylines in our league of record eight nine years after they've happened you know it like yeah. it's a part of it but if you ever make the wrong decision because of a storyline you're going to kick yourself in the ass more than you would anything else um, but if it's a true toss, I'd go with that. But um, I, I just 145 yards last week from Tua. It, it, I just I'm not stoked on that. And how many running back touches they dispersed last week, and now they get their best running back back. And I think they're going to dominate anyways. I just don't see game flow going in Tua's favor from a fantasy point of view. Well, and then and for me, it just is it weapons, right? He doesn't have his full plethora of weapons right now, so that's where and and you're and I just broke down. We just talked about you know Kirk Cousins and his weapons and how efficient he is with those guys or how electric those guys are. Um, and so yeah, I would probably still go with Kurt uh, Cousins over to a this week. Yeah, the other uh, situation you talk about weapons and potentially missing, Mike Gusecki missed last week, but he's maybe the most exciting weapon for the Dolphins right now. Five or more targets in five straight games that he's played, three straight games of double-digit fantasy PPR points, 
and two touchdowns two weeks ago, three straight games with a score. Vegas is not a great matchup. Um, they did see Hunter Henry go for five uh, five of seven for 65 and a touchdown against him. Hopefully, Gusecki can get back. I think you could fire him up with confidence just based on the production he's had lately and the upside. Um, but he's got to get back from that shoulder injury. They said he might have a chance to do so, so we'll keep an eye on that. On the other side of the ball, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. And, Austin, I'm just going to ask if you can trust Marcus Mariota. He looked like he was throwing dimes out there last week on Thursday night, man. He looked good. He did look good. He was a solid fill-in impromptu performance from Marcus Mariota, 226 passing yards, two total touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. But remember, Travis, this was against the Chargers, who gave up the seventh most amount of points to fantasy quarterbacks. And this week is against Miami, who gives up the fourth fewest points to quarterbacks. This is your championship week. If you are in a position where you have to consider streaming Marcus Mariota, and you didn't plan on to be in a streaming type of situation, um, God bless and good luck. Uh, but if you have had another quarterback to get you to this point, I would not be getting off that ship uh, to go with a uh, a quick Marcus Mariota stream. I bet you that John Gruden wishes he could start Josh Jacobs at quarterback. Uh, that's basically what he loves to do is run the football uh, continuously. Johnny, Josh Jacobs has been elite when he's played, um, and he looks like he's going to be fine here uh, in this game. So we're rolling Josh Jacobs out with extreme confidence. Yeah, since their bye in week six, Jacobs has had as many 25-plus touch games as he has had less than 18 touch games, and that's three times. Um, so he's either getting like a massive workload or – and the few times that he got less than 18, it was like he got you know 15 or 16. Um, so he's getting a massive amount of workload, uh, and – he might not be super, super efficient with them. Uh, and, you know, Miami allowing the eighth fewest uh, fantasy points to opposing running backs. They're only allowing less than 93 yards rushing to opposing running backs on average per uh, per week per game. But still, even with that, Josh Jacobs has not averaged four yards per carry in each of his last four games. But because he's getting so many touches, the volume makes up for the lack of yards per carry. So you're still going to start him and he could still he's the goal line guy. So uh, we see him. He's he actually is pretty nice around the goal line. Uh, and then you've got Devontae Booker, who some people he had, you know, he was a waiver wire guy earlier this season. Sometimes you see him in there three straight games. He had declining uh, snaps and touches. He played only 12 percent of snaps last week. It's fully the Josh Jacobs show now. Um, so fire him up with confidence in this game. He's gonna bring, he's gonna bring some people some championships. Dare I say it's the Nelson Aguilar show in the wide receiving core for the Las Vegas Raiders? It actually has been eight or more targets in four of his last five games, fifty-four or more receiving yards in three of his last five, and double-digit PPR fantasy points in three of his last five. Those same three games. Uh, <clears throat> You middle of the road matchup here as far as uh, what Miami is doing against wide receivers. They're you know they're kind of boomer bust against wide receivers. They pick off other teams a lot, but they've given up twenty three and a half points per game to the position. Um, I love Aguilar. I mean, I, I haven't. It took me a while to get here, but I think Aguilar is one of the most consistent uh, wide receiver plays there is right now. His floor is relatively high, especially in PPR formats. And I think he's a good good enough start here. We saw the chemistry was fine with Marcus Mariota in that game last week. So I think he's going to be uh, able to be fired up again here in this one. Wouldn't touch rugs. Obviously, we might we, we shouldn't be touching rugs. He's on the COVID list. But um, I don't think you're going to touch him either way if he gets back. Three or fewer catches, catches in every game played. 
Uh, and then you look at Hunter Renfro. He has just one game over 10 PPR fantasy points in his last seven played. It really is Aguilar. And, of course, Austin, it's Darren Waller. Yep. I don't know if I heard Austin. Oh, he's <laughs> muted. He through. muted oh, he himself. Muted. That's why. <laughs> he's like, that's, that's why it's 2020, right? You're muted. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah. Start him. All right, our next game on the slate is your guys' Arizona Cardinals hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this game made me laugh because the 49ers are visiting the Arizona Cardinals in the stadium. They've been playing all their home games lately. And so I wonder if that actually kind of gives San Francisco a little bit of an advantage, uh, know that they know the stadium maybe a little bit better than Arizona. You know where the toilets are. You can't go slow <laughs> us down. You guys are going down. Uh, no, it's a 49-point over under San Francisco, uh, Arizona favored by five at home here. Uh, before we get into this one, remember, if you're new to the channel, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe here. Hit that like button and comment below any fantasy football questions you have in the comments. We will get back to you uh, and help you bring home that week 16 fantasy football hardware. We'll start with the San Francisco 49ers situation. Uh, Austin, Nick Mullins, done for the year now. Yeah. Does that give you any kind of uh, hope for this offense? Where are, you, where are you looking at with C.J. Beathard? No, I'm not. It's not like you're taking Nick Mullins down and replacing him with a Jalen Hurts type of quarterback like we saw in Philadelphia. We're replacing Nick Mullins with C.J. Beathard, who doesn't give you enough pop to really get excited, and there's just simply not enough volume from his sample size nor from the offense of the 49ers to roll him out championship week. Arizona's middle of the pack when it comes to defending against the quarterback position, and I would love to talk to you personally if you were considering starting uh, Bethard. I'm sure we can go through your waiver wire together and find a better option that's available for you. Personally, direct line to Austin Sear here. The Twitter yeah, handle underneath them. Let him know. He'll get you a better. You got to start somebody other than Beathard. I want to ask Johnny what we think. So many years it's been the running back under a Shanahan system that's been the fuel for the offense. Um, how are we feeling about any of these running backs this week? To be honest, the only guy I would consider starting would be Jeff Wilson. Even if Raheem Mostert is healthy, he gets a full week of practice. The, uh, the odds of him re-entering uh, that same ankle are even higher. And all this past week, came back. He came back too early and re-injured his ankle, and he only uh, had carried the ball 14 times. A lot of fantasy uh, people who rostered him could have been sitting in their semifinals and out uh, Raheem Mostert. So don't let that happen again in the finals. Even if he's healthy, I would sit him. I would not play him. Now, if he does end up sitting, which I do expect, I do think Jeff Wilson is a fine play this week. Uh, the team's most active running back in 15. He had 16 carries uh, after Moser went down. He also did some passing uh, down work. I'd like to see that before. Um, and then you look at the Arizona matchup, not the greatest on paper. Uh, bottom half in rushing yards allowed to the running back position is Arizona. They've also allowed 10 rushing touchdowns this season to opposing running, opposing running backs, zero since week 13. So they've ratcheted up just a little bit. And with uh, Beathard possibly being under center, he can move the ball from time to time, but it is a concern. So if I could stay clear of this running back situation, I would. If I have to, I think Jeff Wilson could be an RB2 this week. Austin, I feel like we're getting the diet or light version of the San Francisco Shanahan offense. Yes. And that, that includes Jordan Reed, who is 
the most diet light version of George Kittle, uh, Kittle owners could ask for. So how are we feeling about rolling out the diet version this week? You know, I know that one time Jordan Reed filled in after Kittle went down earlier in the season, it was good. It has not produced for fantasy managers outside of that one week. Despite four-plus targets in the last five weeks, Jordan Reed has broken 20 yards just twice. His season high is 62 yards. Um, He's getting targets coming his way. I don't even want to call him a touchdown-dependent tight end, Travis, because it's like, okay, you get a touchdown. Now we're talking like... 6.18 fantasy points for you. It's like, I'd really steer away on this one. He's just not in, he's involved. And what he's doing with that involvement is not really helping you out. So again, if you're considering starting Bethard, uh, you're already in my DMs then. Hit me up. And if you're starting Jordan Reed, we'll just keep talking about it. And I'll look at your tight end options as well. We'll find you a better, a better start than Jordan Reed. Yeah, you, like you said, you know, the 20-yard breakage over the last four weeks, like the one time he did it, it was 32 yards. So it wasn't yeah. really like he got anywhere yeah. good with it. Uh, just not a lot of ceiling play in the read play. I'll tell you what, though. The exciting thing that San Francisco does have going is Brandon Ayuk. I mean, there, yeah. it is hard to find a hotter wide receiver in fantasy at the moment than Brandon Ayuk. In his last six games played, he's not dipped below 17 PPR fantasy points. He has 10 or more targets in four of those six games and 73 or more receiving yards in all six. So it seems as if Kittle went down, obviously Debo went down, and this offense moves and runs through Brandon Ayuk. You look at Arizona, they allow the 13th most points per game to wide receivers. Cardinals have given up 16 wide receiver scores in 2020. That's the fifth highest mark. It actually gives a little bit of credence to Kendrick Bourne as well. If you look at Kendrick Bourne, he's kind of increased his usage as well. Five or more targets in five of his last six. His 86 yards last week, that was the first time he's gone over 50 receiving yards in five weeks. But you like what he's doing in this offense. I think he's a wide receiver three, four borderline for me. I think you could make a case to get him in there, especially in a daily situation. Um, Because you look at AZ, they've also allowed the fifth most receptions per game this season. 14.8, almost 15 catches per game to wide receivers they're allowing. So... There's going to be some room for Kendrick Bourne to work here, but Brandon Ayuk is a must-start, has been now for about six or seven weeks. So that's that's nice, if you, especially if you got him in Dynasty. On the Arizona side of the football, Johnny, their Dynasty quarterback here, their, their franchise quarterback, Skyler Murray, who seemed to be shaking off a little bit of that rust. He had a midseason uh, slump kind of that he was going through here, but he looks to be a little bit better. How are you feeling about Kyler Murray? San Fran been pretty tough. That defense has stayed locked in. Yeah, they, I mean, San Francisco's defense is has been pretty stout. Tenth fewest fantasy points allowed to quarterback position. But, look, Kyler Murray, this past game was his best game in quite, uh, quite a few games. He had failed to top 200 passing yards in two of his last three outings. He hadn't top 300 yards since uh, week seven passing. And guess what? He did both of those things this past weekend. Uh, he hadn't had a rushing touchdown since week 10 against Buffalo. He also had a rushing touchdown this past weekend. And what did we have? What did we see? What was the result of that? Well, Kyler Murray bounced back. He had you know a mega uh, fantasy day. And in the midst of all that streak uh, prior to this week's game, uh, but hopefully he continues that uh, this next week, and I do believe he can. And the reason being is because you're looking at the San Francisco defense giving up the fourth most rushing yards allowed to opposing quarterbacks with 348 on the year, and they're allowing on average 5.93 rushing attempts to opposing quarterbacks. 
when Kyler Murray rushes the ball six or more times, the the Cardinals win 90% of the time. Cliff Kingsbury knows this. I expect Kyler Murray to be pulling the ball and getting about six six to eight carries uh, like he's normally, which gives him a higher floor. I love Kyler Murray this year or this week. And this year. And this year. Just love Both. him. I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. Got him in Dynasty. It's all great. <laughs> it's all good things, and that's uh, a lot because he's got the best wide receiver in the game he gets to throw to, Austin. Yeah, man. DeAndre Hopkins on paper is elite. DeAndre Hopkins on grass is even better. <laughs> it has been a great season for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, You auto-start him no matter where. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are the two other wide receivers that you'd give a little bit of consideration to. Um, but Kyler simply is not spreading the ball around enough to bank on any other wide receiver. The last five weeks, DeAndre Hopkins has gotten 62 targets. No other wide receiver has even half of that. Kirk does come in at number two with 29 and Fitz is third with 22 targets. Now, of course, Christian Kirk's play style is opportune for fantasy football. He catches that one pass. He takes it to the house or fantasy day is made. It hasn't happened that much, though. It hasn't happened nearly enough to bank on it. A squeaker can always pop up. Christian Kirk would be my bet to have that happen over Andy Isabella. Um, if you had to start another one, you're going Kirk, but you should look away another direction outside of DeAndre Hopkins, Travis. Johnny, are you looking away from Dan Arnold? I know he, he was getting a little bit hot there, but then uh, he seems to have settled back down after last week. Yeah, he was on a bit of a roll over the last five games, averaging 18 yards per catch, 9.6 yards per uh, touch, and scoring four touchdowns on his uh, 17 targets. So, uh, you know, that was incredible usage and rate of, of touchdown scores. Um, so I don't expect that to uh, extend to this weekend. San Francisco giving up the second, uh, they're the second best against the tight end position. I would bench Dan Arnold if you were relying on him as a streamer. I wanted to jump in here and talk a little bit about Kenyon Drake. Um, he did have a down week against a really tough Philadelphia defense. Only four, 40 total yards on 14 total touches. That snapped a streak of four straight games with double-digit PPR fantasy points for Drake. There is some hope that he should get back to, to his goodness here. Uh, number 10 in touches per game with 17.8, number 10 in the league. So for all the flack that Drake's been getting, he does get the volume when he's on the field. Uh, we like that. San Francisco going to be another tough matchup. Seventh toughest defense against running backs. They only allow 15.9 fantasy points per game to the running back. Just let up 31 fantasy PPR points to Tony Pollard. So that's something that's a sign of encouragement here. Uh, as a tough defense let up a little bit against that Dallas uh, offense, which has not been very good over the last few weeks. Chase Edmonds also gets a little bit of consideration. 11 touches or more in back-to-back -back games. Nine or more PPR points in back-to-back -back games as well. San Francisco allowed that game to Pollard on six of nine targets uh, through the air. 63 yards to Pollard. So I think there's room for uh, Chase Edmonds to get involved in this game as well. It's a pretty decent over-under uh, divisional battle. I kind of like both backs. I obviously like Drake a whole lot more, and I think Edmonds is work, worth like a what-the-heck flex uh, consideration in this game. Our last final Saturday matchup is the Detroit Lions hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a 54-point over-under. Uh, Tampa Bay favored by 9.5 on the road. Before we jump into this matchup, if you're new to the channel, go ahead and hit subscribe, hit that like button, let us know what you're thinking of the show, and any questions you have for fantasy football purposes here, uh, we will love to get into those matchups, help you win that Week 16 championship trophy. 
I want to ask you, Johnny, what we think of Uncle Lenny in this matchup. Uh, is Rojo going to get it done? Is he going to be able to come back in this one? Um, and if he doesn't, or how are we feeling about Leonard Fournette? So I did a little research into this. We know that uh, Ronald Jones is not only dealing with the finger uh, surgery that he had last week, but he's also on the COVID list. So uh, beat reporters are saying that uh, Ronald Jones is not expected to play this week. He is not even if he does come off the COVID list. Um, they are they're saying that he's not expected uh, to play according to. Uh, at NFL Strood, which is uh, the beat writer for um, for Tampa Bay, and someone had asked about, well, you know, if he came off COVID, why, you know, uh, we saw Godwin only miss one game uh, due to that, you know, injured finger. Why couldn't uh, Ronald Jones come back? And he ended, and he talked about conditioning because Ronald Jones hasn't done anything in two weeks that. Due to that, it doesn't look likely that Ronald Jones will play. So in that case, fire up Uncle Lenny, who saw 66% of snaps, uh, and he had 19 total touches. And you look at this uh, matchup against Detroit, giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, he only played 18% of snaps and saw three total touches, so I'm not worried about him. Fire up Leonard Fournette if you got him in this game. How are we feeling about the guy who hands the ball off to Leonard Fournette, Austin, Tom Brady? Uh, obviously, he's got a little bit more of a reputation than just the guy who hands it off to Leonard Fournette. But how do you feel in this matchup uh, facing that Detroit defense? Yeah, I'm feeling really good about starting Tom Brady up in championship week. The Lions give up the fourth most amount of points to the quarterbacking position. And Tom Brady in his last five weeks has broken 300 yards, three out of those five, and has double-digit touchdowns in every single one of those games. He looks like he might be playing his best football of the year right now, Travis. And this matchup this week is primed to win you your championship. Yeah, Brady's just got so many options and so many ways to get it there, right? Like... He's got all these weapons we talk about, and that seems to be the question every week is these wide receivers. And I think some some things are happening within the tea leaves here. I do think Mike Evans has solidified himself as the number one start of the wide receivers. Like, he's the guy you're definitely starting. You're rolling him out there. Seven or more targets in five of his last seven games. Fifteen or more fantasy points in that same five of seven games. So he's really leveled out his floor. Remember, beginning of the year, it was all touchdowns. He was very touchdown dependent. He is actually leveled out. He's getting good targets, getting good usage. Chris Godwin just does not seem to have made it right back from injury. He's only had six catches on eight targets since returning from the hand injury. Saved his measly day last week with a touchdown. Hasn't topped 100 yards all year. Hasn't topped 40 in the last two weeks. Um, I, he's only seen nine or more targets once this season. I just don't think that Chris Godwin is the compiler we saw him be under Jameis Winston. So I actually think... I would be starting Antonio Brown over Chris Godwin. Seven or more targets in three of six games. Finally got in the end zone last week. Went five of seven for 93 and a touchdown. I just think Antonio Brown provides a little more upside right now than Chris Godwin. So if I'm ranking them, it's Mike Evans, then A.B., then Chris Godwin. This matchup, though, you can fire up all of them. Uh, I think it's, it's a great matchup to go ahead and do so. Detroit is allowing the fourth most points per game to wide receivers, 26.9. They allowed the third highest yards per game, 193 yards per game to enemy wide receivers. There's going to be a lot of meat on the bone for them to attack, um, and I think you've got a good shot for all three of these guys to have a good day for you. Wanted to ask you about uh, Brady's old friend, Austin, and Rob Gronkowski and how we're feeling. He was a pretty set-and-forget tight end, but he's had a little bit more of a roller coaster over the last few weeks. 
he's been pretty good. Um, it's been a, a bit of a feast or famine vibe to Rob Gronkowski's fantasy output. This week, though, you might bank a little more on the famine side of it, Travis. You had eloquently put how the Detroit Lions defense gives up, what, the fourth most points to the wide receiving position? Yeah. Um, well, they give up the ninth fewest points to the tight end position. So they're a little bit more stout defending tight ends than they are wide receivers. Um, but what you do love about Gronkowski is the role that he's had on the team. We know that it is Rob Gronkowski at the tight end spot. And after that, there's really no consideration. Uh, and he's had 65% of his points coming from yards, um, which is pretty nice for a tight end. We talk all the time about a touchdown dependent tight end. Rob Gronkowski, he's a back end tight end one right now, number 10 standard, number 13 PPR. Um, and yeah, 65% of those points do come from yards. The only tight ends in the top 10 who have a higher percentage than Gronkowski right now are TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey. That's good company to be in right now. Um, you, you, I think it's probably a down week, given it's a good week for the wide receiving options, and they've got three really nice ones over there. Um, but you can go, you could find a worse option than Rob Gronkowski. I like where his role in the team is situated. The chemistry with him and Brady looks pretty good, but just keep in mind that Detroit's tight end defense is better than you might expect. I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, we know we should start Gronk, obviously. It's just like we're preparing Whisper Nation for that down week. You know, just mentally prepare yourself because it might be the week that he's just not going to get it done for you. He's had 31 uh, yards week, over the last two yeah. weeks. You know, yeah. but, so, but 106 yards it, before that. And it's like, that's the tight end position. Like, you're just going to live and die with those kind of situations. You got to put him out there because he's going to, he's got a chance to connect with Brady in a touchdown every single week. We know that much. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, I want to talk about your boy, DeAndre Swift, who came back pretty nice last week, and he looks to be ready to lead some people to some fantasy football hardware. How are you feeling about Swift in this matchup? I want to once again just reassure everyone of Whisper Nation who has DeAndre Swift and is in the championship game. Listen, I understand you're looking at the matchup box, and it says Tampa Bay, and it's in red, and it says, you know, Tampa Bay giving up the second fewest points to opposing running backs. They've only allowed, you know, 10th of mo uh, uh, not very few rushing, uh, rushing yards on the season to opposing running backs, less than 100 on uh, per game. I understand all that, but they haven't met. DeAndre Swift, the number one rookie running back for the Detroit Lions, because he is going to have himself a day. It doesn't matter who's in his way. He is going to start him. I'm done. I'm done even doubting the guy anymore. I was saying he he should be a flex, and he he took what I was saying, and he said, I'll show you a flex. I'll show you I belong in that RB2 position, maybe even that RB1 position. Put him in your quarterback it, spot. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's seen 19 plus touches in three out of four games that he's that he's played healthy. He's had double digit fantasy points in six out of eight games. He's seen 62 percent of snaps last week. He seems to be fully back from that concussion and all those symptoms. You look at Adrian Peterson only carried the ball six times back to back weeks with six or fewer touches and to only 26 uh, percent or fewer snap share. This is significant because if you didn't watch the game, DeAndre Swift actually fumbled on the goal line. Uh, before his two touchdown, or I, I believe he had scored only one touchdown at the time. Uh, but regardless, they still put DeAndre Swift in after that, and he scored another touchdown, which solidifies to me that the coaching staff is uh, definitely uh, liking what they, they see in DeAndre Swift, and they realize that he's the best uh, running back they have moving forward. 
Also, just to give you a little bit, you know, cherry on top, you know, I, I said all the negative about Tampa Bay and their defense and how stingent they are. I will say they give up the 10th most receiving yards to opposing running backs. I expect Detroit to be losing in this game and have to come from behind. DeAndre Swift should make up plenty in the receiving down work in this game. I think it's a great point. You look at Daryl Bevel, too, as a coordinator. He wants to pound the rock. And you look at what's going on with Matthew Stafford, a rib, a thumb injury. They're definitely going to want to try and control the clock, keep the ball away from a Tampa Bay offense, and really do that. Um, and really take the ball out of Matt Stafford's hands as somebody who needs to try and win the game for them. So really the question is, Matt Stafford, did we see enough out of him last week to trust him as a, a starter or streamable option? And I just didn't see it. I, I don't think I could put him in there. He's had 16 or fewer fantasy points in four of his last five games, one or fewer touchdown in three of his last four games. And obviously I just talked about Daryl Bevel calling the plays, obviously the injuries for Stafford. I think those that combination with um, Tampa Bay only allowing 18.8 points per game to the uh, quarterback position, very middle of the road, not a, not a huge explodable matchup. I think you can do look elsewhere than Matt Stafford. I think you would be risking, uh, you know, all of it uh, for Matt Stafford, who's really banged up right now. But Austin, do you think that that affects somebody like Marvin Jones, who's been really solid since Kenny Galladay went down? It didn't last week, Travis, where Marvin Jones had his best fantasy day of the season. 12 targets, caught 10 of them for 112 yards and a touchdown. He's on the field all the time. He is the de facto number one wide receiver with Kenny Galladay out. And over the week eight to week 15 stretch since Galladay has been down, Marvin Jones has 71 targets, Travis. Amendola is number two on the team with 33. And over that same stretch, Marvin Jones is the number six wide receiver on the year. And this week they go up against Tampa Bay, who's given up the 10th most points to the wide receiver position. I feel really good about Marvin Jones's role on the offense. We know that Stafford's on 100%, hasn't slowed down Marvin Jones's production. It's only just gone up. And the only other real option you would consider would be Danny Amendola. But Danny Amendola is a touchdown-dependent wide receiver play who hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So I'm not banking on him this week. And it's, it's Marvin Jones. That's the option that you would be considering. After that, it's a, it's a wing and a prayer. Marvin Jones, Brandon Ayuk, who we talked about earlier, some of the guys that I think are going to be on a lot of rosters that win championships this year. We're going to be looking back at some of these guys, unsung heroes that aren't talked about a lot. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's been a bit of an unsung hero for those at the tight end position. Uh, did have a bad week, his bad, his worst week of the of the year last week, two of four for 18 yards, also fumbled. But I'm rolling him back out there. He's been a focal point of the offense. Obviously, Marvin Jones has been the lead dog, but Hawkinson's been doing his thing as well. And then Tampa Bay allowing the 10th most points per games to tight end, 8.8 .8 points per game. So Marvin Jones and Hawkinson and Swift, I think, are the guys we're really trusting in that Detroit lineup. Hopefully, you've trusted us, Whisper Nation, and we've gotten you to the fantasy dance, the championship. We're wishing you all the luck in the world. Please comment below any conundrums you have. And for Austin Sear and Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.